the children of the Force. Everybody, this is episode 62 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Anna and I'm Ted. I'm Liam and I'm Eight. And I'm Al Nowatsky, the adult. And uh, we got a show today. Um, Anna hopefully isn't going to be coughing too much, but you got you got the sickness now, Anna. Yep. It just keeps going from person to person and... You know, Liam and yeah. Ned and me, Mario will probably get sick next. Uh, or maybe we'll go back to Liam and then you and then me and then Liam uh, and then you and then me. Well, and it only happens because we're on the podcast. I would stop being on the podcast. It only happens because we're on the podcast? Yeah, what if it, it only happens happen because we're on the podcast? Oh, you mean if mom doesn't get it, it's because she doesn't do the podcast? Yeah. So the podcast is making us sick? Yeah. Oh, that'd so be interesting. So stop doing the podcast. There's some, like, like the microphone or something, like, sprays, like, sickness out at us as yeah. we're recording. Or, like, we're giving too much of our energy to the podcast. Like, if you think about all the energy, like, if you think about, like, how much, how many times people listen to it. As if that's like a piece of our health. Right now, you don't have to say this because you're giving more energy and you're going to get more sick. Yeah, like it's a piece of our health going into people's ears. And like, there's only so many units of health. And like, we're giving. I mean, for me, it does actually, I think, correspond a little bit that way because I have to stay up so late, (laughs) you know, a couple nights at least uh, editing. So, in a way, it does sort of. It is a piece of my soul. So, hey, welcome to episode 62 of A Piece of Al's Soul. (laughs) <laughs> a podcast about Star Wars that takes him forever to edit. But it's a labor of love, and I do love doing it. So, And I love recording these two and, uh, and all that stuff. So let's talk about the Star Wars stuff that we've been up to. What did we do on Saturday, kids? Where did we, we go? We went to Star Wars Day at the Science Museum and had a blast! Photos we on website! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, little peek behind the scenes that's... Uh, what the, show no- what the show notes say, <laughs> exactly. yes, exactly. Um, but yes, we did have a lot of fun, and there will be some photos on our website, which is childrenoftheforce.com. There's these really cool photos mm-hmm. where there's like a space where someone can stand and act like an action figure, mm-hmm. and it's like the back of like a... Uh, um, action figure case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The five hundred first had their action figure card back backdrop uh, there, which was really cool. That was pretty fun. Uh, so yeah, we'll post those for sure. There was a really cool looking uh, Thrawn there. Although I would like to point out that that was the Thrawn from Legends because he had like the tassels on his shoulder instead of just the gold stripe on his shoulder. Um, but still, pretty much Thrawn. Uh, yeah, and we and we actually he had uh, red. Contacts in he his had, eyes. Yeah, his eyes were completely red. That was yeah, creepy. That was creepy. Yeah, really cool though. And uh, and like tonight or tomorrow night, I'm going to have to edit out like the five minutes of coughing that you just did, Anna. So um, I know we really like it when we're all here, but uh, do you wanna do you wanna kind of drop out because you're coughing a lot, and I don't want to make you talk and sit here and try to be quiet. Yeah, because this is kind of hard it is, it to is. stop coughing. Yeah, like you want to cough right now, don't you? Yeah, I do want yeah, to cough right now. Yeah. And then I have to like hold it, and uh, then right, it feels like I right, want right, to throw right, up right. because I want oh, to cough. Oh, wow. Well, no, that, that. That's no, kind of how it feels. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, well, um, 
All right. Well, everybody say goodbye to Anna and all the listeners goodbye. when they're in their car or they're like washing dishes or, or they're making supper or um, they're like listening. Uh, well, maybe they have it on their Bluetooth speaker and they're they're in their shower, you know, and they're washing themselves in their shower. Or maybe they're maybe they're pooping and they're listening to us as they're on the toilet. But but they might be thinking right now to themselves, like I'm not going to say goodbye Anna out loud. That would be awkward. But I do. I want everybody at home right now. To say goodbye, Anna. Get better soon, and uh, and okay. So they're they're all saying it now out okay, loud. Good. Isn't that nice? Isn't yeah, that nice that's thoughts? Nice. To that's think nice. that there's people. They're gonna say it later when they listen to it. Right. Yeah, they True. do, which True. I don't think they listen to you. No, they're saying so. it right now. I uh, know. Actually, we're recording this podcast, and it is not out. So I mean, those I mean, on, like, now. Thursday. Anyways, now, I'm gonna go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Farewell, Anna. We'll see you. We'll see you in about 45 minutes. <laughs> All right. All right. So Anna is downstairs now. If we hear her coughing anymore, it'll it'll just be a, a muffled cough from downstairs. So hopefully, mm, just like that. Okay. So hopefully she'll get you know she'll get better soon. But now it's just you and I, Liam. Hey, the last time we did this, Anna was at camp. Or last summer, remember when we talked to Nick? Uh, after celebration, Nick gave us his, us his big summer. celebration report. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. Well, okay. So here we are again. And, um, so yeah, so we went to the Star Wars day, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, do you want to tell the listeners about our, our experience at the, the quiz show, the, what they call it? Force trials oh, or Jedi there was trials. Tri- Jedi trials. Mm-hmm. It was a trivia game that we did there. Mm-hmm. And there was team Ewok and team Wookiee. I was on team Ewok. And so was my dad, my sister, my cousins. Uh, and there was like probably about, a, I'd say, a hundred to a couple hundred people watching this thing. And the host just split yeah. split it down the middle. Said everyone on this side, Teamy Walk, uh, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So people raised their hands and they there was Habitats, uh, Technology, and By the Numbers. Those were the categories for the yeah. questions, yeah. And there was one, two, or three Three are the hardest, one's the easiest, and two is middle. Mm-hmm. And I was on TV Walk. Yeah, I already said that. Um, so uh, I was one of the people to raise my hands, and he called on me because I was basically standing up screaming. <laughs> and so, your cousin was pointing at you saying, pick him, pick him. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I went up there mm-hmm. i needed help with one but i got i got most of them right mm-hmm. and it the was audience, really fun. the audience could help you right do you remember what yeah. the questions were one of the questions was how many how many sith lords are there after the battle of yavin i like that they put that caveat although it was also before the battle I'm of like, yavin uh, it was before that's too. kind of easy it was like but it's number three i was on so Right, so yeah, that was a little bit of an easy question for the fifteen point category, but uh, but then the other one was who says um, he is twisted and evil, and you weren't quite sure, and he kind of looked at me, and I was like Obi Wan, because the crowd could help you, right? And that was part of the deal. The crowd can yell, you know, it's this person. Yeah, so right. you're like, yeah, Obi Wan. So you said Obi Wan. The technology was mm-hmm. uh, what are the Tie Fighters' wings called? I'm like. I have no idea. Yeah, you didn't know that one. So I just looked into the audience, and everybody was screaming, I don't know. I'm like, 
How the heck do you guys know this and I don't? That's <laughs> well, not that's, fair. That's not fair. No, it's just the way it is. Um, yeah, there were some kids, there were some other kids in the crowd who definitely knew their Star Wars. So when you went up, he asked you what your name was and you said, Liam, and I have a podcast called Children of the Force, right? So he, so, and I told you to say that <laughs> if he called on you, cause you know, you got to plug the show. So he actually repeated the name of the podcast, which is pretty cool. So if anybody's listening to this because they heard that at the Science Museum, welcome to Children of the Force. We're happy to have you as a, lis- as a listener. And uh, if you're on Team Wookiee, I'm sorry that we uh, kicked your butt so bad, but we did. So, <laughs> yeah. It's what you get. That's what you get. Wookiees, yub nub. Yub yeah, yub nub beats... Uh, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you can't, yeah, that's what you I nub cannot beats. do a Wookiee to save my life. So that was a fun day, and yeah, we got we saw the Thrawn, and and uh, you know there's Ray and BB-8 there, and uh, got some 501st trading cards, and yeah, just had a had a good time. Uh, that's the first time we've gone to Star Wars Day at the Science Museum. It's it's they've been doing it for years now, but it's just never worked out for us to go. So I'm super happy that we were able to go this year, and uh, hopefully you know we'll be able to do it next year. I would like to maybe work with them and see if we can. I don't know somehow work with them like maybe have a we could have our own table like a children of the force table and we could have people um come to the table and uh maybe do like little little mini interviews right like um and it'd be like a podcasting thing so it'd be technology so they would understand how this would work and then they'd be able to hear themselves on the show later so if we set up a table and say we have like five questions and it just says be on a podcast right and then kids can come and answer these five questions. What's who's your favorite Star Wars character? Stuff like that, right? What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Things like that, right? And and maybe just kind of like who are you and and you know, what do you like about Star Wars? And then we could get just a bunch of kids answering these questions. We could have a whole podcast episode about that. I just had that idea right now, and I think I'm gonna contact the Science Museum and see if we can set something up like that for next year. What do you think? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Cool. Uh, so we just finished watching Through Imperial Eyes, the newest Rebels, ep- Rebels episode, which... Uh, awesome, too! That was, I think, the most stressful Rebels episode I've ever watched. Yeah, at the end they find out... Oh. Spoiler no. alert! Spoiler alert, skip ahead a couple minutes if you haven't watched it. At the end they find out that Callus mm-hmm. mm. is... That, it. Yeah. So now they're... Uh, Trying to intercept all his, um... Uh, communications. Communications. Anyway, sorry. Whenever I say communications, when talking about Star Wars, I always want to say it like Nuke Henry. Disrupt all communications down there. Anyway. Um, okay, so... <laughs> so, yes. Uh, no, that was a super stressful, really great kind of uh, intrigue episode. And, you know, every corner you think... Oh, someone's going to get found out. Oh, no, they're going to get caught. It was super well done. I loved it. Um, all right, so last episode, Liam, we were talking about Bays and Chirrut, and we were talking about diversity in Star Wars, and I think Anna had mentioned something about how cool it would have been if Bays and Chirrut were women. And I said that there's some concept art out there that showed them as women, that it was Daddy? something that they were thinking about doing. Well, you know... As I'm editing the podcast, I'm looking and I'm like, you know, is that right or not? And I looked and I could not find anything, any information about that. 
Which makes me wonder, I think I may have dreamed it. I may have dreamt female bays and chirrut. I don't know. So, and I have not, I have not read the art of Rogue One. So maybe there's something in there, but I think I would have been able to find it online if there was. So I don't know. I guess uh, I'm just, I'm just saying that I'm wrong as of now. Uh, if, if you dear listener know differently and you can find some concept arts, like official concept art, not just fan art of, of Bayes and Chirrut as females, let me know. And, uh, cause I'd really like to know. All right, well, let's head on over to the news. So, uh, we talked about Han Solo beginning filming, uh, with the whole, uh, Han first shot image that, uh, Chris Miller, I believe, put on Twitter, uh, where they said they had the red cup, you know, as the, the working title. Um, but StarWars.com just put up a post uh, a few days ago um, talking about how Han Solo has started principal photography. So I guess, like, they're doing, like, the main shooting of the movie now. Um, so, and they also announced some cast members officially. Some things were rumored. We were pretty sure these people were going to be in the movie, but um, but they officially announced it. So uh, the title of this news story on StarWars.com was Han Solo, Smuggler, Scoundrel, Hero. A new Star Wars story begins. Wait, and that's I thought, the name? I know, right? It seems like that's the name. It's not the name. And I was so thankful when I read that that wasn't the name, because I'm like, that is way too long. You cannot call a movie Han Solo, Smuggler, Scoundrel, Hero. <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> so, so I, that was just the, the title of the article. So, uh, hopefully, it's going to be called something a little less uh, wordy. So, okay, so. So they, they announced the cast. And we, of course, we already know that Alden Ironreich is playing Han Solo. We know that Donald Glover is playing Lando. I'm going to put a photo of the cast photo that they put up um, on StarWars.com. We'll, we'll link to the story and probably put the photo up on our website too. Um, so we know that Woody Harrelson is in this movie. We don't know exactly what he's, what he's doing in it. Uh, and it was announced that in uh, that Peter Mayhew is not going to be playing Chewbacca at all in this movie. He will be playing Chewie in The Last Jedi, uh, some. And I think Jonas Sotamo, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, is going to be doing you know some of the Chewie scenes also in The Last Jedi. Is Jonas Sotamo? Mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing yep. that right too. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he wear stilts? Or no, not. no, he's okay. very tall. Yep. Okay. Um, I think his middle name is Satamo, and his last name is. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, because whenever I hear anyone say, say his name, they're like, oh, "I hope I'm pronouncing that right." So maybe that's his real na- last name. Is I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That'd be a strange last name, huh? <laughs> anyway, so it was announced that he is he is Chewy in this movie, and I think he will be from now on. So I think Peter Mayhew. You know, The Last Jedi was probably his last movie, is my guess. So, no. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. We talked about this last last week, right? About, you know, passing the torch, right? Whether it be because the original actor died or just because they're getting too old. We talked about Jimmy V, right, being R2-D2 now. Because Kenny Baker passed away. And um, no one's going to take the place of, of Princess Leia, General Leia, General Organa. Um, but... 
yeah, it's happening. And actually, I was just listening to Star Wars 7x7, and Alan Voivod, the host of that podcast, you know, mentioned that it's kind of a strange time in Star Wars where we're seeing this, you know, the, the, the torch kind of passed from one person to the next, and from one generation to the next. And all these characters, these actors who we've known our whole, my whole life, you know? Like Han Solo has always been Harrison Ford since two years before I was born. But now here's a new Han Solo, a new actor playing Han Solo. That's weird. That's weird. Right? I mean, that's weird to you too, right? That's not Han Solo, <laughs> right? I mean, is it weird to you, bud? Yeah. Yeah? But you think you'll get used to it, or...? Not really. I don't. If I might. Yeah. He. I can tell you. Look, he's not Harrison Ford. Right. Right. So uh, the other the other cast member they already announced Amelia Clark, uh, who is in Game of Thrones, which I've been watching uh, with my brother, uh, not for kids. And uh, then also this is uh, the other person who was uh, rumored, uh, Thandie Newton, who we talked about. Uh, she has been confirmed. She is in the movie, although she is not in this cast photo that they released. Um, and then uh, someone else who is rumored, but we never really talked about, is um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who um, she was in, or she is in uh, a television show called Fleabag, which is a comedy that is also not for children, a uh, British comedy, I believe, and it's on Amazon. Uh, so it's not on television, but it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, I think I might start watching that, actually. I watched a little preview video of it, and it looked really funny. But like I said, not not a children's show in the least. Um, yeah, so so back to uh, Jonas Sotomo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he said, I, I looked, I searched, I scoured the internet for a pronunciation of this name, and I cannot find one. Like, I just want a video of him saying his own name. That's all I need. And then I can, and I'm sure it exists. If it exists, if anyone knows of it, uh, you know, email us and, and give really? us that link. Just yeah, forcechildren for at gmail.com. Yes, I want to know how to pronounce the guy's name. I hate mispronouncing names. My last name's Nowatsky. Okay. I know what it's like to have my name mispronounced. And I, honestly, I don't mind when people say my name wrong because I get it. Um, it's, it's hard. People see it and they just go, no, I can't just makes their brain shut off. So, so anyway, uh, Jonas had this to say that he said, I'm profoundly grateful for this amazing opportunity to become a part of the Star Wars franchise that I've loved since my childhood. Uh, and then he says some other stuff. Of course, uh, he also thanks Peter Mayhew says that Chewbacca is one of the most iconic characters in the history of film and Peter's development and portrayal of this beloved Wookiee has spread so much joy across the globe. Peter's guidance and kindness have been invaluable gifts, which warmed my spirit and prepared me for this journey. I aspire to make Peter proud and bring Star Wars fans the Chewie they know and love. See you in a galaxy far, far away. Wookie fist bump. <laughs> so that was really cool. And, uh, you know, I think he gets it. He seems to understand how important it is to people that Chewie is Chewie. And uh, I'm just so glad that he's had an opportunity to work with Peter Mayhew and talk with him and everything, you know, to make it the best Chewie he can, he can be, you know. Pretty cool. One little bit of news. Rogue One is coming out on home video on April 4th. If you want to get it digitally, like on iTunes and stuff, it'll be March 24th. 
but April 4th is the date that we will probably be getting it on Blu-ray. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to doing the whole stop motion frame by frame thing on some of the scenes. Um, April 4th. I did not know that. Right, right. April 4th. So, um, yeah, it, it seems really fast, but, you know, that's, uh, let's see. Yeah, four months after the release date. A little bit more than four, yeah, four and a half months after the actual release date. So, time flies. Time goes so fast. All right, well, let's head on over to Canon News. The Canon News song, yeah. The Canon News song, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, today... Uh, we are going to talk about Galactic Atlas because I meant to do that last week and I didn't. So Galactic Atlas is this really cool, great book that when we checked it out from the library and we just took a few looks, quick look at these pages and Liam, you just started tearing into it and we're just like, this is so cool. Like it looked so different. I just love it. I think it looks so cool. Um, so it's written by Emil Fortune and it's illustrated by Tim McDonough. So this book is like a collection of, of maps, but they're not like, um, they're not the kind of map that, you know, that you would be able to actually like navigate with. It's more of a, uh, like a graphical map, like, um, something that like, if, if there was a map of like Sherwood forest or something and like the Robin hood stories, you know, it'd be like something like that. And not even a map like, um, like that you'd find in the Lord of the Rings books. It's not even that detailed. It's more just, um, kind of a general, uh, here's what the planet looks like. And then here's these events that take place on this planet. And some, some of the features of the planet correspond to the events. There's Mortis. Yeah. There's more, there's there's Mortis on there. Well, Mortis. It's a big two triangle glued together (laughs) thing. It's like a double pyramid. It's like like one of those pyramids. It's like two pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a Simpsons reference. All right, so so the whole thing about this book is that it's like found art. It's sort of the way that Ezra's journal is, or Sabine's sketchbook. It's supposed to be an in-universe book. And uh, according to the head curator of the Graph Archive, which is a sort of galactic museum, and this is all in-universe stuff, uh, that the art in this book was done by an Athorian artist named Gamut Chond. And Emil Fortune, director of the Graph Archive, says, While many of the things Chand has included are facts, some may merely be tales spun by explorers. So, when you're looking through the book, you think like, oh, this is all canon because this is a a new book in Star Wars. But it's all from the point of view of this one artist in Star Wars. So... You know, this is canon news, but it's always it's always kind of like canon with a grain of salt with this book, um, which I think is a really clever way for them to get around. Like, if there's something in this book that ends up not being canon, they can say, "Well, that was just Gamut John saying that this was canon." That's just Gamut's point of view, right? They could pull the whole Obi Wan and say, "Well, it is true from a certain Gamut's point of view," right? <laughs> so, just a few. F- quick facts from this book. There is a black hole at the center of the Star Wars galaxy. Cool. Uh, Starkiller Base is on the map. They're, they have kind of a map of the galaxy. And Starkiller Base is on that map, but Ilum is not. And remember, Ilum uh, is from the Clone Wars, and it's where they get the kyber crystals for their lightsabers, where Jedi get kyber crystals. It's not the only planet that kyber crystals exist on, uh, 
we know that kyber crystals exist on Christophsis, for example, from the newest Aftermath book, um, which I'm in the middle of reading. And uh, It looks like the buildings are. Oh, sure. Well, they're crystals, but they're not kyber crystals. I know. Right? Yeah. But there are kyber crystals also. I think um, I knew that too. Maybe. I, I don't think that was revealed before, before Empire's End, but it's possible. So... On this map of the galaxy, Starkiller Base is where Ilum usually is. In other on maps where Ilum is, right? And it's same with the complete locations, which is another book. Uh, that one's uh, Pablo Hidalgo, I believe, or possibly Jason Fry. Complete locations. Yeah, that might be Jason Fry. Anyway, so that map also has Starkiller Base, but it doesn't have Ilum. So they never appear on the same map together. Uh, that's the first clue, right? That they're the same thing, you know. And, and what, what uh, the complete location says about Starkiller Base is that, that during the height of the Galactic Empire, Palpatine demanded deep space exploration of the unknown regions using ancient navigational routes uncovered in the captured Jedi Temple as the backbone of such, such expeditions. So the Jedi would have a navigational route to Ilum, even though no one else might because it was like a hidden planet, right? And so the Empire secured a small frozen world with a natural abundance of energy-focusing kyber crystals. Sounds like Ilum, right? And then it talks about how the Empire mined those crystals to create focusing arrays for the Death Star super lasers. And in the Ahsoka book, we see Ahsoka outside of, you know, outside of Ilum, or looking at Ilum, and she sees that huge chunks of Ilum have been excavated. Like, they're tearing the planet apart, basically. And then it said, when the First Order fled into the Unknown Regions, it turned this world into the heart of its secret holdings. A massive engineering project transformed it into Starkiller Base. So, it's gotta be Ilum, right? I mean, everything lines up. You just said that? That's... It just said... It, it didn't say it's Ilum, right? But it basically said it's Ilum. It's Ilum. Right, exactly. I mean, everything points to Because it Ilum. said something about the Jedi... And have that secret, right? Right, and it also says the Empire mined those crystals to create oh my gosh. the focusing arrays for the Death Stars, and we see and Ahsoka sees that happening, right? It could happen on a similar planet to Ilum, but I feel like they're not no. saying it's Ilum because they want to like leave it open just in case, like just in case someone wants to tell a story about Ilum, and they don't want it to become they don't want it to become Starkiller Base, right? They want to leave it open. I have a feeling that's the only reason. In Pablo Hidalgo's brain, Starkiller Base is Ilum. Has to be. But, anyway. So, also on this map is Mortis, which means it's a real physical place. A lot of times people will say, oh, that's just a dream they had. Um, but, it's on a map. Yep. It's It's got to be a physical place, right? Uh, the map says that it's in the Shrelithium... Shrelithium, um, Shrelithium system in wild space. So it knows what the system is, but it says the sector is unknown, which is really weird because system means like planets going around a sun, and sector means a group of systems. So how can you know what system it's in, but not what sector it's in? That's weird. They're probably just trying to say random cool words. <laughs> And write them down. Do you think I'm looking into it too much, Liam? <laughs> think I'm thinking too hard about it? Maybe. <laughs> That's possible. So so there's also a map of Jeddah, and uh, the Temple of the Kyber is also known as the Temple of the Wills. So either one works. Uh, 
This map shows images of stormtroopers riding animals. And there's an image that I have here, uh, which I'll put this up on the website. This is from The Art of Rogue One. And uh, this image is concept art of a trooper riding on one of these large animals. So what is that? I don't know what the name of that animal is, um, but uh, but we'll put that one up on the website. That you know what it like reminds me of? Like a clone trooper. Like a like a clone trooper. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the animal. Reminds me of these things from the Dark Crystal, which we tried watching but stopped because it was terrifying. Um, I mean, I, I watched it when I was a kid, but you kids just when were did like, I stop no. watching. Remember that one? The Skeksis? They're like those bird yeah, things. Yeah, I remember. Ugh. But why did I stop watching it? What? Because of the Skeksis. They were creepy. Anyway, maybe someday we'll watch it again. But these beasts that the troopers are riding on Jedi remind me of things called Land Striders from the Dark Crystal. I have a photo of those up there. They're like three-legged things, and you sit on the back, and and their their legs they they're like they run really fast. They're super cool. Land Striders. If anyone's seen the Dark Crystal, you know what I'm talking about. But I'll put a photo up on the website so you can see what a Land Strider looks like. Um, so I'm just kind of going like really quick pace through this book because there's a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of like really interesting tidbits, and uh, I really recommend that you, get, you know, check out this book from the library or buy it. It's a gorgeous book. It's a good coffee table book. Yeah, it's definitely something you can pick up and look at for like five minutes and put down. And uh, but um, there's a kind of a, a Death Star page, right? And they talk about the attack on the first Death Star, and Yvonne Verlaine is included among. The pilots who attacked the first Death Star. Which is super cool, right? Awesome. Awesome, Liam saying. So she was a she was in a Y Wing uh, that survived. Obviously survived because she is in the Princess Leia comic that takes place after the Battle of Yavin. Uh, she is also in Aftermath Life Debt. Which is super cool, yeah. But she hasn't been in Empire's End yet. But I have not finished that book yet, so maybe she will be. Um, yeah, well, you know, she uh, she's Alderanian, and she stayed with the Alderanians and trying to rebuild and, and preserve Alderanian culture. Um, Alderaan? Alderanian? Someone from Alderaan is an Alderanian? Yep. Really quickly, a uh, thing from Jack Who is the sitter, who is my favorite part from Jason Fry's... Um, Ray's survival guide. So that's like another in-universe, like uh, the journal of Ray, basically, from her time on Jakku. And she draws these just these weird things about Jakku. And it, there's a ton of really great information in there. A lot of stuff that's kind of coming back around in in Aftermath uh, Empire's End. A lot of the stuff in, in Ray's survival guide is talked about in Aftermath, in this last Aftermath book, which, of course, ends on Jakku. It's Empire's End. The end of the Empire happens in the big battle of Jakku. Um, but there's this really strange person on Jakku called the Sitter. And uh, in the book here, face. the Sitter keeps a lonely vigil on this tower in the shadow of Carbon Ridge. The Tito's sometimes bring him offerings. It's just delightfully strange. The uh, Tito's? And he just, yeah. The Tito's. Yeah, the Tito's bring them stuff. Well, some for some reason they respect the sitter, which is just a person sitting on a (laughs) (laughs) on this pillar on Jakku. (laughs) So weird. So uh, this book also gives us our first canon depiction of the Gorax, 
and the Gorax is a beast originally from the Caravan of Courage, an Ewok adventure. Uh, and here is, so that's one of those Ewok movies. Lynn. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. So the Ewok movies we have not watched yet, but they are on YouTube oh, and maybe Gorax. someday we will watch them. I know who he is. I saw him because we read that, uh, we also read this book. About? Oh, so was the Gorax in the the Ewoks, the old, old Ewoks comics? That giant, that was the Gorax. That was the Gorax? Okay. Um, I couldn't but remember. But he looks different in this. Yeah, you know, I'm not it sure. Looks really weirder in this. Yeah, I don't know, you know, I was doing a quick search online, and I, I don't know if the if it was the Gorax in that comic, it might have been a different, different beast. We could look through, we have that, we have that on the nook, that, uh, the huge, like, the collected issues of of uh, droids and ewoks comics which are just ridiculous but funny and fun to read um yeah i was looking on on wikipedia about the gorax and it's also canon that the reason the ewoks have those huge traps that kind of uh smash the atst and and all those things right is because they used those to protect against the gorax so that's why they had them set up already it's not like they just that day came up with all those things. They actually had already had them set up to protect against this big, huge Gorax, which is pretty cool, right? Nice little piece of, piece of information. Wow. Yeah. This book also gives us the first depiction of General Hux's dad, Brendel Hux. Pretty cool. He's got just a little bit of red hair sticking down from his imperial cap. It says Arcanus. Arcanus, yeah, he's he he's a uh, he's Commandant Hux on the planet Arcanus in a oh, imperial that's training. Oh, I thought uh, it was him. I'm like, oh what? no, yeah, yep. Uh, that's actually something from. So he first appears, or he, yeah, Brendel Hux first appears in the uh, Servants of the Empire series, which is about Zerleonis from Rebels. It's like a spin-off book series, and I think we're gonna read those pretty soon, Liam. After we're done with the Ahsoka book. Um, yeah, so he's the kind of the one who set up the whole idea of training stormtroopers from birth. Not having them be clones, but having like a special, you know, I don't know if there's like a breeding program, which is all sorts of creepy. Uh, you know, and having like the best stormtroopers have babies and then raising those kids to be stormtroopers. I think that's what they're doing, which just gives me the, the heebie-jeebies. But, uh, you know... Hux is a creepy guy, so it would make sense that his dad was a total jerk. Okay, so there's a map of Hoth in Galactic Atlas. And on Hoth, there's this image of a Wampa destroying a probe droid. You know, one of the probe droids that we see on Hoth in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, which is a really weird, like, reverse Easter egg, I think, to the Empire Strikes Back novelization. So in, this, in the book, the original Empire Strikes Back book, there is a probe droid, not the same, it might be the same probe droid, actually. Um, but there's a probe droid that comes across this really big mound of snow. And it can sense that there's a, a big heat signature underneath the snow. So there's something under this snow that's giving off a lot of heat. And the probe droid, you know, shoots a kind of a weak laser bolt into the drift to see what's under there. And the drift starts to move and a big wampa wakes up and pops up from the snow. And the probe droid backs away and turns the power of its blaster all the way up and vaporizes the Wampa. Just kills him. 
which is kind of cool because it tells you how dangerous these pro droids are, right? It's trying to establish that these things are not to be messed with. So then when Han and Chewie go out, right, to try to destroy the probe droid, it would you would be more afraid, right, if you saw this thing happen first, right? In the movie, it doesn't seem like they're taking that big of a risk going yeah. out there. So... But anyway, it's weird because in this book, we don't see, we see something opposite happening. We see a Wampa destroying a probe droid. So I wonder whether or not this is like the illustrator's way for the Wampa to get like revenge on, <laughs> on the probe droid. I don't know. Wait, no, the but, pro- it said the probe droid killed him. Not the yeah. Wampa killed the probe droid. Right, exactly. So it's like a reverse Easter egg. It's like in like in in. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's got to be something to it, right? Why else would there be a Wampa just you know ripping apart a probe droid? I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. So in um, so in Lords of the Sith, which is a book about uh, Darth Vader and the Emperor crash landing on Ryloth, which is the home of Harrison Dula and Cham Syndulla, right? Uh, and then Cham, and this is like right. So this is before A New Hope, Cham and his rebels realize that they've crashed, right? And and they um, they actually had a hand in this crashing, and they try to find Vader and the Emperor and kill them. Like, that's the plan, right? So, but Vader and Emperor come across uh, these huge animals called lilacs, and they're super dangerous, and they kill a ton of them, right? Um, but... This book shows us what a lilac looks like, which is super cool. Who kills um, the lilac? Does the lilac kill, almost kill them, or did they kill the lilac? Vader and the Emperor kill many, many lilacs because they they come upon a lilac nest, and the lilacs are trying to kill them, and Vader and Emperor just kill all of them. Oh, yeah, but okay, I mean they look then. really vicious, um, and I'm just I'm so happy to finally know what they look like because I had this image in my head. It's almost like that, uh, minus the tentacles and minus the fact that their eyes are on these big stalks. Uh, although I'm sure the book said that. Wait, the eyes are on the big stalks? Yeah, the eyes are like, yeah, there's these big, like, almost like arms coming out from the head that have eyes on them. Weird. Creepy. Um, there's a nice little tribute to 99, which is that old clone on the Camino map. Um, and it just says, 99, a failed clone of Jango Fett, worked on the janitorial staff of the Camino training facility. He was wise and beloved by his clone brothers. It almost reads like an obituary, you know, like the, you know what an obituary is, but like in the newspaper, like, yeah, like this is the person who died and this is what their uh-huh. life was like. Like it's, it's so sweet. I love it. Just this nice little tribute to 99. Good old 99. I thought you'd like this, Liam. Dragon snake. Dragon snakes. There's a depiction of a dragon snake. I know that you like that one comic about dragon snakes. It's legends, but it's still fun. Uh, but the dragon snakes are real. Dragon snakes are canon. Well, sure, because that's what... And it just shows them in there. And it almost kills R2-D2. Right, exactly. That is what almost but kills... But droid be killed? Well, sure. Destroyed. I guess Destroyed. Um, Cloud City is not the only city on Bespin. Uh... I'm assuming there's way more than just the one, but, uh, Ugnograd, Ugnograd is, uh, another of Bespin's floating habitats. Ugnograd is home to a society of Ugnots. So cool. Uh, this, this, there's a lot more information about Ugnograd in 
legends. Um, but as far as cannons concerned, stuff? I don't know if they'd mine Tabana gas or not. Or if it's just a place for them to go live, maybe. How did people make that if there's Tabana gas outside? Maybe they made it in... Well, I don't know. What is Tabana gas? I mean... I think they... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they probably just had these special masks and a suit. Hmm. Or they probably made it and then brought it to Bespin. Or they made it in the atmosphere, right? Like, uh, we see... Like, we oh. know that the Death Star was made, you know, in space. It wasn't made on a planet, right? So maybe this was made in space and then lowered down. I don't know. Or, you know, they, they have ways, I'm sure. But how did they lower down? They lowered it through the atmosphere. I don't know. With a ship. I don't know. Can I make sense up? <laughs> so... Like the hammerhead. <laughs> into the Star Destroyer. <laughs> well, hopefully less violently. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, speaking of Cloud City and Bespin, in this map, we have confirmation to a question that I have had for so long. Um... And, you know, people probably assumed, but I just never assumed. I, when, when 3PO walks into that room on Cloud City and says, oh, is that, that sounds like an R2 unit, right? And then he walks into the room and then you hear the voice, hey, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be in here. And then they blow 3PO up, right? They, they shoot him. He gets blasted apart. The voice never sounded like a stormtrooper voice to me. I always assumed that was some just random alien in there, and I never thought it was stormtroopers. I mean, recently I've thought, like, oh, I wonder if that is, like, someone from the Empire. Um, but this image confirms that 3PO opens the wrong door and is blasted by the stormtrooper who have s stormtroopers who have secretly arrived with Darth Vader. So there you go. Um, you know, and I wonder if maybe that was in the novelization and I just missed it. Um, but, uh, there we go. There's our answer. Um, you know, and, and there's a ton of stuff in this galactic atlas and it's, it's really, um, there's a, there's a whole map for, um, Dathomir. Uh, there's a whole map for, uh, Mon, Mon Cala, right? Mon Calamari. That place is awesome. So... Yeah, there's really really cool maps. Um, and whatever his name's there, big shark head guy. Uh huh. Riff Tamson. Yeah. Yeah. So, really cool book. I recommend picking it up. And uh, that was a long count of news. And we're gonna go have a joke now. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> So we have two jokes from uh, Evan, my good friend Evan again on Twitter. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Jabba the. Jabba the who? No, it's pronounced hut. Okay. So that was joke one from Evan. Cool. Uh-huh. I like it. And uh, the next joke is, what do you call a droid... And this is inspired by our horrible jokes from last week about the droids in a in a hole. What do you call a droid at the Renaissance Fair? I don't know. C three ye old. 
I don't get that. Um. I don't even know what the Red Sox Fair is. So, <laughs> I don't get that. Sorry. So, the Renaissance Fair is like this... Uh, I'm not even going to explain it. <laughs> I will, okay. It's like this old-fashioned, old-style, like, uh, everybody dresses up. There's knights in armor, and they do, you know, uh, there's people who, um, you know, like, duel in the streets, and uh, there's, like, shows, like, puppet shows that are all about medieval stuff, you know, like knights and princesses and okay. princes. and um, So, ye old is like a... If you go to the, you know, if you want to go to the medicine store, but you're in the Renas at the Renaissance Festival, you would go to Ye Old Medicine Shop, like the old Ye Old, right? So C three Ye Old. So basically, Evan is daring me to tell bad jokes on the show. He is like, he is, he. I think he's he's doing an experiment to see. <laughs> he's experimenting on us. And, and, and what he's trying to find out is how low can, how low are we willing to set the bar on jokes? I'm pretty sure, um, that's what Evan's trying to do with these jokes. So, uh, Evan, uh, the bar has been lowered. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And, um, those are just horrible jokes and I thank you for them. Because we like horrible jokes on this show. So, what do you have to say, Liam? Thank you? Yeah, thank you with a question mark. I think that's, that's appropriate. Alright, well let's head on over to the question and answer council. The question and answer council. Where we ask questions and answer them. It's the question and answer council. It's the question and answer council. Okay. Liam, I have a question this week. What happened to the Inquisitors? They died. All of them? There's none left? Like, as far as the timeline goes, like, in oh, Rebels... No. There's are... a not the ones we see, not oh. all... Yes, every Inquisitor that we have seen or heard about has died. Dead. But aren't, aren't there more? Yeah. I mean, how about and the... And they're dead, too. They're all dead. Like, at this point that we are in Rebels, there are no more Inquisitors alive? Is that what you think? They're all dead? No. Oh. I know you're talking about at this point at Rebels. I thought oh. you meant, like... At the last Jedi time. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. Do you think they're all dead by then? Yeah. Okay. Well, how about Rebels? Do you think we'll see any Inquisitors anymore? Are we done with them? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Um, so, mm -hmm. I, I posed this question to Twitter and uh, got some answers. So, the question I asked on Twitter, and I did a little poll, I said, oh. what happened to the leftover Inquisitors? And... 44% of votes said they're all dead. That was one of my options. My other option was Carbonite, Knights of Ren. So the leftover Inquisitors are all put on Carbonite. They're thawed out 30 years after Return of the Jedi, or 20, 
24 years, maybe, after Return of the Jedi, and they are who becomes the Knights of Ren. 44% said that. Hmm, people like my idea. A tie. All right. And then 12% say other. And then no one replied to let me know what that other would be, but they think it's something else. So, if they're all dead, who killed them all? If they were left over, did the Emperor and Vader just kill them? I don't know. I have a series of questions that I posted on Twitter also. Uh, my question was, the Grand Inquisitor's facial tattoos are way too similar to the sons on Mortis. I need to know why. That's not a coincidence. It can't be. Question two. Who exactly trained all of the Inquisitors, and what was the nature of their training? Question three. What happened to the Force-sensitive children that the Inquisitors were successful in kidnapping? Question four. What is the significance of the numbering scheme of the Inquisitors? Question five. If the Inquisitors aren't needed now that Ahsoka's dead, and all the Force-sensitive kids are kidnapped, what happens to them? Question six. Are they all put on carbonite and then thought in order to serve the First Order? Are they the Knights of Ren after all? Anyone have any more questions on the Inquisitors? I'd love to hear them. Email forcechildren at gmail.com because I need to know I need to know more about Inquisitors. Obviously. Alright. Well, so I think we're just gonna call this an episode, Liam. Uh, thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, kind of bummed that Anna couldn't be here, but uh, you know. Uh, it's gonna save me hours of editing time not having to cut out her coughs. So uh so thank you everyone for listening to this episode 62 of Children of the Force. And as always, thank you to those who support us over on patreon.com slash children of the force. We really, really appreciate it. If you would like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via Twitter. At Force Children. On Facebook, we are Children of the Force. Our email address is forcechildren at gmail.com. Our website is www.childrenoftheforce.com. Head on over to speakpipe.com slash children of the force to leave us a voicemail. And finally, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to us. Doing so will make it easier for more people to find us. For Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Liam. And may the force be with you.